Hi everyone, this is Tina with KGM Studio and we are live today and we have an amazing woman of God, woman of faith that I met at another at a retreat and her name is Albertina Walker. She has a phenomenal testimony of what God is doing in her life. So I'll just let her share about herself. So Albertina, how are you doing today? I am doing well, Christina. How are you? I am blessed and highly favored. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I am a mother of a wife, Jonathan Walker. We've been married almost 20 years. Um, I have four children, um, three girls and one boy. We currently reside in Texas. Um, and I am a faithful mom. Okay, that is awesome. So where are you originally from? I was born and raised in in Harare, Zimbabwe, Ooh. which is uh, southeast Africa. I remember Zimbabwe when I was in Victoria Falls. I was like, that's yeah. the other side of the country because yeah. I was in Zambia. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. So, you know, let us just dive in, and I just wanted to quickly just ask you a few questions. So, what was your life like before Jesus? Um, so, I was born to um, a polygamous uh, family. My father had four wives. My mother was the first. And... Um, but my father, at some point, decided to, because usually in, in our culture, if you have many wives, either you live with them all in one homestead, and everybody has their own home with their children, or you will um, build a home for your wife, your different wives, um, and take care of your family. Um, but my father decided to uh, take my mother out of the house when my twin brother and I were infants. Um, there's seven of us in my family. So we ended up having to, stay with, to live with my dad and the stepmother. And um, it was not fun. It was not fun. Um, my stepmother was not a very kind person, was not nice. Um, I mean, there was so much injustice, so much cruelty, just not, I mean, they could do good things in terms of where the kids just got a place. That was always fun because, you know, you're a kid, you with your siblings. But when it came to, like, justice, you know, as a kid, there was no justice. There was no love. There was no interaction between us and my, and my dad or my stepmom. Um, it was more like you're here this way. So anyway, uh, when I was 12, I went to school. I came back home. And my stepmom and my dad were standing and they were like, you're leaving. You're not going to stay here anymore. Um, I was a very vocal person. I was always somebody who stood up for justice and stood up for what is right, even from a very young age. And I cannot understand, you know, when you have a child who's like that, it sometimes seems like they're defying you. But it's not that they're defying, they're just trying to understand, they're trying to figure out who they are. Um, but they kicked me out of the house as well. And I had no idea where I was, what to do, where to go. I had never heard, I mean, I heard of God in the Roman Catholic Church sense, but there wasn't anything like, oh, you can pray and God is going to answer you or help you. 
there wasn't anything like that. So um, I remember sitting outside the gate and I was just crying and asking God, like, and just wondering, like, what am I going to do? And then finally, my brother, my my dad spoke to my brother, my oldest brother, who was like 18 years old than me, and just thinking to him, just take, just take her and drop her off at one of my sister's houses. No explanation, don't explain anything, just leave her there. The whole idea from my stepmom was, if we take her out of the home, we're going to see if she will live. And she's going to probably, you know, try to get pregnant or uh, start prostituting. And her life will be done. So her whole basis for all this was, we're going to see, she's going to destroy her life. And the whole world, and I will prove to the world that this is a bad child. So as God would have it, I started living with my sister. I... It was not easy because my sister had her own kids and she was struggling raising her kids. And here's another Adam as a child. But the graciousness of God, I was 13, I was in high school, my first year of high school. There was a lady who came to my school and gave me a note. And she kept saying, Tina, I want you to go to this church. And I, I and she was a substitute teacher. This is the irony of it all. She was a substitute teacher. And she gave me this note, and I said, okay, yeah, I'll go, I'll go, whatever. It never, first week, second week, third week, she came back again. And she said, did you go? And I said, no. But by then, I was feeling suicidal. I was in a space where I was like, I, I'm okay to die. I'm in a place where I'm okay. There's nothing for me. I have no hope. I don't see any way out. I'm just going to suffer all my life. I, I'm okay to die. And that day, I told my sister, Mr. Hey, can you take me to the church? So we went to the church. I'm sitting outside the, the doors of the church. And this friend of mine, this girl came, who's now one of my best friends. And I just started crying. I'd never met her. I just wept. And I felt hopeless. And she said, you know what? I will go into church with you. And when the pastor called for an altar call, she said, I will go stand with you at the altar call and just give your life to Jesus. I mean, I didn't understand what that meant. I never heard of that before, but I did. And instantly, you know when you feel like you're in a dark cloud and something is just, you're just, just black. My life changed instantly because it's not like this light just came and just took away all the darkness. Like, I cannot explain it that the next day I went to school, I was already preaching. And my friends who were like messages and having they're like, who is this? What, what do you know about Jesus? And I'm like, I met him yesterday. My life has changed. His died. have to be born again. And my life changed ever since. Wow. And you were just a teenager sharing about the Lord. Oh, yeah. Everything changed. My life was changed. That right there, I don't even know if I should keep asking other questions, but that right there, just the wonderful, marvelous works of God, how he can just do that 360-degree turnaround because you've been asking for hope. Like, you were already in that suicidal stage. But God is so faithful and true. 
Like he knew you in your mother's womb and you were talking about the black clouds. Like, you know, like it felt like it got lifted off. Something was coming to my mind and it was like, I believe it was like a curse because of your stepmom had said so many negative things like, you know, you know, will prove that she is this bad girl she is. So that's putting a curse on someone else. And for God to lift that off and to renew everything and to let you see the light. Wow. I'm just amazed in how God is moving. So, you know, let's move forward then um, since you were sharing about the Lord. So what is um, what are you engaged with like other churches? What part of ministry are you involved in? Currently, no, I'm not. I I go to a, a whole church. Is what I when I moved to Texas, um, the Lord moved me from the regular mainstream church that I was heavily involved in, and uh, um, He told me that it was time for separation. So I am in it right now. I mean, it's totally different than the one that put me in before. But um, it was hard because, you know, you're used to going to church, you're used to doing all the stuff, and it's like, no, I need you to stop. And it's time for you to spend time with me. But, um, you know, there's a scripture he gave me many years ago that says um, that, you know, when you take communion, you will be taught by him. Says no longer will you be taught by men but you will be taught by me. And for me, I had to think, I took it literally as a thing. You say, I don't need to be taught by men. He said, I will write my word on your heart. And it's not the Old Testament, this is New Testament teaching. He says, I will write my word on your heart, and I will teach you the way that you should go. And you will no longer be taught by men. So he brought me into that phase of, you are being taught by me. So I went through stages of, now I want you to listen to their friends. And I went through a season, now I want you to listen to so-and-so. And I went through that season, now I want you to listen to so-and-so. So, but in that listening to so-and-so, it was, I want you to strengthen this area that this person, what strong is. I want to strengthen that. And... As I went through the stages, now I'm in a place where I hardly listen to people, if I'm being honest. I really don't. Um, I don't know. I just, I heavily um, rely on him to teach me, to walk with me, to guide me. If he wants me to listen to someone, I will go ahead and let him do it. But I'm in this stage where it's just about me and him. I love that. Oh, man. Yeah. That is so beautiful. I love how you mentioned that, the fact that um, he's brought me into that stage, too, because I during COVID, I just um, I just stayed time with God. And those two years, it was just at home and just worshiping him, reading his word. And it's so amazing how he's like, I just want my time with you. I want to reveal things to you. And I see how God is revealing more and more to you. Um, And I see that with your um, beautiful girls, too, and how um, they were equipped that one time at the Legacy Retreat. So that is so phenomenal. 
So right now, um, you know, what is one of the things that you'd like to share about who your Jesus is and what the Lord can do for the, the listener that's listening in? Um, number one, I believe there is nothing that is impossible to God. Um, one thing that I've learned, and in this, it's sort of like an unlearning and a learning process. We, as the body of Christ, when we think the body of Christ, it is not comprised of just a person who says, Okay, Jesus Christ is born. The body of Christ is made of different parts. And I'm and, and the more I awaken to the truth that we should stop judging each other and we should stop um, condemning each other. Um, because Jesus, the Christ in me, the hope of glory that Christ in me, you will find him in a Muslim, you will find him in a Buddhist, you will find him in an atheist, you'll find him in a Gnostic person. That Christ in us is in everyone. There is no selection of these people are better than other people. We are all one party. And I, you know, like, if we could really start seeing each other as brethren, rather than as enemies, and such fight and stop the whole um, uh, segregation of denominations and, you know, faiths and religions. And, I mean, religion being the thing that has put all this on humanity. We would be, we would be a whole people if we had not separated ourselves. The more you have grace on another human being and understand that that person I'm looking at, that person has Christ too. Your heart will have grace towards them. You will have mercy on them. In the same manner that they can have grace and mercy with you because they see that Christ in you. So I just want to encourage, especially my Christian brothers and sisters, ask the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes to see people from that perspective. The Christ in them. Not by based on what they're doing in their religion, affiliation. But the Christ in them. What can I learn from the Christ in this person? You will be surprised. You will be shocked at how he will be changed. And in the same manner, they can learn from me. What can I give to somebody else? Apart from this Christian blanket, we remove that. What can I give? It, it will shock us as a as a people, as a as a human species. What we can learn. And how much we can grow in leaps and bounds if we're able to see each other as Christ, the hope of glory in us. Amen. You know, as you were talking, I forgot to also ask, um, share about like in this season, what is God gonna what do you what will you be doing for God in this season? Like, um, do you know if it's a new season that He's revealed to you or anything like that? So for me right now, I'm in a very, it's a very weird season that I've never been in. Um, but I will say this, and I mean, it's something that he told me many years ago, when 
everybody started rising up with this about the rights of uh, the Asian, Asian, the rights of the woman, the rights of the, the, the woman. And it's funny that the more that I think, the more that I look around me, um, it's not the right of a woman by herself, but it is the right of men and women as one being, rather than separation. But it is a coming together in oneness. And that includes our unity and our union with Christ, coming into the place of oneness with Him, being the bride and the bridegroom, husband and wife, becoming one. But that reflection that is happening in the heavenly is also being reflected in the earth realm, in the season. Which is why you will find that there are many marriages that are going through heavy, heavy shaking. It is not to separate marriages, but it is to awaken men and women to wake up and come to a place of true oneness. Because this is happening up here, it also has to happen down here. So anything that is not strong, and I'm, I don't want to say unfortunately, women are more tolerant and women are more, we're more, we're heightened we're by nature. So when it comes to our families and our marriages, it is us who are going to fight more for courage to stay together than it is for men. But it doesn't make us stronger, it doesn't make us better, it doesn't make us more intelligent or whatever you want to call it. It's just the way that things are. You want to keep your family together. But it is a season that is shaking in the family academy, and we have to stand strong. We should not give up on our marriages, we should not give up on our family. We should not give up because it is a reflection and purity for us to be one with him. We have to be pure in heart, pure, to be able to be joined with him and become the unity of one. But that has to also happen in the earth. With our houses, no more, anything that is hidden is also coming to light. This shaking is opening and revealing everything. There is nothing that will be left. No table will be left unturned. So if we understand that as the body of Christ, as husbands and wives, that this is what is happening in this season, brace ourselves and start working together. Because that unity is what is going to keep the family, is what is going to help um, our nation, our communities and our nation. It is a season to come one, to become one, because there's power in it. Wow. So, that is amazing, just how you broke it down. And you're right, there's so many divisions out there. But when you do become one, I look at one with the Lord, Jesus, Father God, and the Holy Spirit. Oh, man, the unity, just there's that bond. So it's so amazing how you put that out because um, that is what the enemy does to kill, steal, and destroy. And family is one of them that, you know, he targets but praise the Lord, we have um, prayer intercessors and warriors to pray with other people, and just um, and there's hope, right? So, oh yes, oh yes. I mean, I love hope. I love hope. Um, she, yeah, she walks with me. She is my friend. Hope, hope. 
So true. So, so true. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. That was just so beautiful and how you broke it down. So thank you again for joining me on this podcast today. And then we look forward to also um, seeing you again. Thank you so much.